You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again at OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online and in iTunes because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So again, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I do not take that for granted. I love that so many people tune into today's podcast. And as always, I appreciate you guys writing reviews and sharing online. It always helps spread the word about what we're trying to do here. So today I want to go through five quick tips for smoother order execution. I still feel like people are getting hung up on a lot of the same things when it comes to executing orders. And mainly it comes down to trying to force things into the market that they shouldn't be or trying to rush things, but you don't ever need to rush it. You can probably take a step back and hopefully today will calm your nerves a little bit and help you get into orders a little bit smoother, maybe a little bit faster, and hopefully at better pricing too. Before I even talk about that, I wanted to also mention one of the coolest features that we have rolling out with our new auto trading platform in the next couple of weeks is going to be this idea of what's called smart pricing. And so we're trademarking this term and we're kind of, you know, pioneering this idea around options trading and especially in the field of options trading bots. But what our team has developed is, is through smart pricing is that bots will go in when they start making automated, automatic trades and they will actually start entering multiple orders at more favorable pricing and then start working their way up from there. So for example, if you're getting into a trade and let's say the mid price is a dollar, well, the bot will actually go in and start entering orders automatically for something lower than a dollar so that you potentially could get in and pay something lower than a dollar. Or if you're selling options, the bot will try to go in and start adding orders in different markets for option prices higher than a dollar, trying to help you get better pricing while also working towards the mid. And this will all be stuff that you can just easily adjust and set up inside of your account at Option Alpha when you start using these bots. There's going to be a settings panel in there that you can say, okay, I want you to aggressively try to get into this position. And that might mean, you know, quickly adjusting the price to something around the mid price or even below the mid price for the sake of filling. Or maybe you want to have your settings be moderate or conservative so that it really tries to get the best pricing. And that might mean sometimes that you just wait a little bit longer for execution. But this whole idea of smart pricing as a feature inside of our auto trading software is really revolutionary because a lot of people do this manually now. In fact, we're going to talk about how I do it manually now as we go through these five quick tips. But having it coded into a bot that does it automatically and is always trying to basically scalp a couple extra pennies for you also saves you in commissions all over the place. One of the biggest drawbacks that I hear all the time, and I definitely a bone to pick with the likes of free trading platforms like Robinhood and some of these other places, is that most of the trades get executed using market orders. So even though you might be saving money in commissions, you're actually probably losing a lot of money in slippage that you just don't even feel. So if somebody else got a price of, say, they sold an option contract for $105, and because you were using a cheap free broker, they sold that same option contract for $102, 
well, you just lost $3 that could have covered commission someplace else and you don't even know it. And that's in and out, that's on adjustments, that's on everything. So that's something that I always think about a lot and especially that we thought about when building out this auto trading platform is, you know, we want the ability for people to have smart pricing. Like we want the bot to work for them and try to scalp using automation and using rapid order flow, a lot of the best execution methodologies that we've learned. So that's what we're going to try to do. So that's a really cool feature. Again, you can learn more about it as we get closer to the launch here. So the five quick tips are the following, and we'll just go through these really pretty quickly actually here today, because I think they're not too, too in depth, but I think they might help out. The first one is you got to target liquid tickers and options. I mean, this one's like not even like, it's funny that I even put this at the top of the list, but I was thinking to myself the other night as I was scripting this out, what's the biggest like thing that I see people doing all the time. And it's just that they're targeting the wrong things. So I'll get emails from people all the time. They're like, Kirk, I've tried 10 different orders and I've tried this and that. And I pull up a ticker symbol and I'm that I've probably never even heard of before, right? Because that's the first warning sign is like, if you've never heard of it, it's probably not liquid. And I'll pull up a ticker symbol and I'll see that there's no liquidity in there. And I write back to them. I'm like, of course you haven't gotten filled. Nobody else is trading there. You're the only person. It's like you're standing in a room screaming and you want somebody to talk to you, but nobody else is in that room. So the easiest thing you can do for smoother execution is just flat out trade the highest liquidity tickers and options. Now we pre-screen our watch list and go through this all the time, but it's going to be your ETFs. It's going to be your higher, more branded named stocks like Tesla and Facebook and Microsoft and Google and Chipotle. That's just going to naturally allow you to get into things much smoother. Number two is be patient. Let the orders come to you. A lot of the smooth execution is caused by you. You become frantic. You become paranoid that you can't get in because of whatever the case is. Allow the orders to come to you. Place a trade, place your order, and then just be patient. Don't adjust too quickly and let the order come to you. So I think a lot of the smoothness is really just a self-reflection of how aggressive or how paranoid we can become as traders when we try to get into positions. Number three is try to enter orders at a penny above or below the mark price. Now, again, this is going to be something that's going to be automatically done for you using our smart pricing feature on the bots. But if you don't have that capacity or if you don't want to do it, then what you want to do is you want to enter an order that's just slightly favorable than what's out there right now. And this is actually kind of crazy, but a lot of times when I enter orders, say the the option contract is trading for $50 or 50 cents, right? And I want to sell that contract for 50 cents. I'll oftentimes enter an order for $51 or 51 cents, however you look at it. I'll enter an order for 51 cents and I'll get filled right away. And that's because the market just is a little bit, somebody's willing to take that little like edge and they're willing to pay another dollar higher at the right time that I'm willing to accept another dollar higher in potential premium. So it doesn't always work that you always have to go after the mark. Try to stretch the market a little bit. See if you can fish a little bit for somebody else who's willing to pay a little bit more above or below where you're willing to sell or buy. I think you'd be surprised a lot of times it actually happens. In fact, this doesn't happen all the time, but many times I've had it where I'm offering at the mark price and the mark price is say $49, but somebody is willing to pay 50 and I change it to 50 and I actually get more money because I'm at a round number. I like, I don't know why, but it's just, you know, somebody else's order kind of finally set up with mine and then it got filled. So don't always have to adjust down. You can always actually adjust your orders higher and then work backwards. 
Number four is use the best execution tag. Now this comes pretty standard for most order entry. So especially inside Thinkorswim, what happens is that if you end up wanting to buy a contract on the furthest right-hand side of that order entry, it says exchange. And most people don't know this, but you can actually specify which exchange your option contract goes to or where you want to fill your option contract. So if you just wanted to fill on the CBOE or the Amex or the ISE, you could do that. It's standard in there to set it to best, but I know not all brokers do this. I know some brokers, they almost force you to choose which exchange. So make sure you're choosing the right exchange. And just in my case with Thinkorswim, always make sure that it's defaulting to the best exchange, which means, hey, just fill my contract wherever it gets filled. I don't really care on the back end, but I just want that contract to get filled at the best possible price. Number five is readjust slowly. So we talked about being patient earlier and just letting your orders come to you. The number five thing here is you do need to, at some points, readjust your pricing. Maybe between the time that you enter the trade order and now the market has moved dramatically. Last week when we talked on the podcast in the closing bell segment, we talked about our position in GLD that we got into because the stock had basically made a huge reversal in the same day. So it had run up high and then it had basically crashed all the way back down in literally the same day. Well, if we placed orders in the morning versus the afternoon, that could have a dramatic impact on pricing. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to readjust too slowly. So you would only readjust if there has been a significant change in the underlying price or volatility or some news event. If the stock is still sitting at your mid price and just not filling, you don't need to adjust unless you absolutely want to get into the position. I would even say just let the position or the order expire and try again tomorrow, you know, reevaluate it the next day. I feel like people are too frantic to try to get into positions. Look, the stock is not going anywhere. It will be there tomorrow, right? And if the stock's a dollar higher tomorrow, then move your strike prices up a dollar. If the stock's a dollar lower tomorrow, move your strike prices down a dollar. So be very slow and patient with adjustments. But if you do need to get into a position, just adjust slowly. Wait at, you know, 15, 20 minutes, readjust the pricing by another penny or two. If that doesn't work, wait another 15, 20 minutes, readjust the pricing by another penny or two. This is where using a mobile device and mobile phone really comes in handy. Oftentimes what I'll do, so you guys know, is I'll get into a trade or start placing some trades in the morning. I usually go to the gym late morning during most days. We take our girls to the gym and we all kind of go and they go into daycare and we work out. And so while I'm on my mobile phone, that's when I'll start making order adjustments. So if I see that I'm, you know, a penny off and I'll try to, at that point it's been an hour or so, maybe I'll make a penny adjustment to my order and see if it fills. So that's a really quick tip that you can use too, is just to use your mobile phone to make those quick adjustments. So hopefully this helps out. Again, these are five things I just thought of, you know, just the last like day and a half or so about, you know, how you can really improve the order execution of whatever you're doing. Obviously, the number one thing is just definitely trade the liquid tickers and options that above everything else will take care of most of this stuff. Then you won't really have to worry about the other stuff. And then again, once we get the auto trading platform out and live to you guys here very soon, you can use that smart pricing feature to hopefully scout some of these positions on both entry and exit and use the bots to your advantage to get much, much better pricing. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. 
And now, here's today's question. Hi, Kirk. My name is Kevin. I'm relatively new to options trading. I have a question about the the debits and the credits you pay for each option contract. Is there like a minimum value you try not to go below? Um, Because then in order to make a profit, you would want to scale up and add more contracts, and then thus you would add more commission fees. So I was just wondering if there's like a minimum value you don't go below because of that. Thanks. All right. So Kevin, thank you so much for submitting the question here. I really appreciate it as always. And basically you were just asking, you know, with these credit spreads and debit spreads, what's the value you want to be at to cover commissions and then also account for scaling. In my opinion, I think this is not like, there's no one answer to this, right? And I'm sure you expected this. I'm sure many people did. I think you naturally and rationally have to cover whatever commissions you pay. Now I pay right now a dollar per contract. So Whenever I get into a position, I'm at least hoping to make more than the commissions it would cost me theoretically to get in and out of the position. So I'm assuming that I have to close it and it doesn't go to expiration. So if you're paying more than that, or if anybody's paying dramatically more than that, yeah, you want to include that. If it costs you $10 to get in and $10 to get out, you absolutely want to trade a debit spread or credit spread that has the potential to profit more than the $20 it's going to cost you to get into and out of the contracts and commissions. So you have to account for that, but that's going to be different for everybody. I think when it comes down to credit spreads, debit spreads, strangle straddles, any option strategy, really, it's not so much about a minimum value that you're trying to hit. It's about the strike prices and expiration time that you're trying to set up the trade in. And so we talked about this actually a couple episodes ago in show number 127, where we looked at an EWZ case study with different strike prices and contract months. That to me is more indicative of of where you should be placing your trades and and how you should be doing it because credits and premiums are going to be dramatically different for different underlyings. Premium on a USO trade, which is an ETF that's a very small priced ETF, the premium that you're going to receive is going to be dramatically different than the premium on, say, Tesla, which is multiple hundreds of dollars. So just because the underlying value or the underlying equity that you're trading is either a high-priced or low-priced equity, that's going to create differences in premium. So if I said, okay, you have to get $100 of value, well, 100 for what? 100 for Tesla is totally different than 100 for USO. So that's where I think it comes into play. You want to really not focus so much on premium once you cover costs as you need to focus on getting into the right setup and making sure you're trading the right contract months, the right strike prices, etc. So hopefully this helps out. As always, if you guys have questions or want to hear me answer questions live on the podcast or on Facebook and Periscope, please head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask and leave me a private message. Click the big red button in the middle of the screen and you can record a very short, very simple voicemail to me. There's no software to download or install. And as always, it's incredibly easy. So let's get into the closing bell segment here. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right. So in today's closing bell segment, I actually want to talk about a closing trade That we did because I think it kind of goes along the lines of this order execution and this timing thing that we talked about in today's the meat of today's show. But we just got out of and just closed at the time that we're recording this podcast one of our SMH short strangles. Now we originally sold this for about $215 
We closed it today for $100 on each of the contracts, so about a $115 profit for each contract that we sold. And the key with this one is that it actually took us about two and a half hours to actually close out of this position. Uh, so we entered about two hours or so to close out of this position. We entered the closing order actually yesterday towards the end of the day. We saw that it was pretty much at our profit target or a little bit beyond. Never got filled yesterday. And we entered that closing order towards the end of the day. So we didn't rush. We didn't rush into it. I think our closing order that we entered yesterday was at 105. Today, SMH opens up, still is pretty much range bound, opens up a little bit higher, but implied volatility is lower. So the actual order goes down to 100. We still don't even get filled. This is actually kind of crazy. We still do not even get filled this morning when the market opens up. So what we ended up doing is we ended up changing the order right after the market opened up because it had been open for a little bit. We didn't want to overpay for this, but we never got filled in this time period. We ended up changing the order and started a bid at 99. So the market was trading at about 100. We ended or entered a bid order at 99. And surprise, surprise, we did not get filled on this either. So this is about 935 or so just after the market's open East Coast time. Waited for a little bit to see if the market was going to fill. Then we entered an order for 100. And quickly after we entered an order for 100, we ended up getting filled about two minutes later. And that whole process took about like two hours. And I'm not saying it took two hours because we were just doing orders after orders. We let that 99 sit there for a long time. I mean, basically from 935 until about 1120, we let that 99 order sit in there and just wasn't getting filled. And I would you know, continue to monitor this here and there. We went to the gym. We took our daughter to preschool during this whole time period this thing never got filled and the market was always at 100. So ironically enough, I entered the trade at 100. I re-executed the order, canceled the other one, entered a new one at 100. It filled almost instantly. So it just goes to show that one, even if you have a profit and you feel like you should rush out of it like we could have yesterday, it was actually better for us to wait and just be patient to get the right fill because we ended up making a couple extra dollars. Again, probably covered commissions and then some, right? And then two, just be patient with the orders. If the market's sitting in the same place, don't rush to get out of the trade. So we waited two hours, nothing really happened. Okay, we were willing to pay a penny higher to get out a little bit beyond where our profit target was. So hopefully this helps out. I know it wasn't a traditional closing bell segment, but sometimes it's important, I think, to talk through kind of the mechanics of what we're doing behind the scenes with these orders, because many people just see the closing trade come over, but they don't see kind of the work that's involved right now from our side and actually executing different orders to try to get things filled. So hopefully this helps out. As always, if you guys have any questions on these or any of the closing bell segments that we've done, just let us know. Shoot us an email over at Option Alpha. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, links mentioned in the show, and some related video training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com slash show 130. Again, that's just the number 130, optionalpha.com slash show 130. Until next time, happy trading.